Welcome to episode three of season two. I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you. I met up with Christine Wuschke for our second recording. If you've listened to season one, you may recall that we dove into a conversation on tensegrity. Now, the main differences between season one and season two, not only is it an intentional conversation while we activate higher levels of consciousness in various ways, uh, but there's also the opportunity to dive deeper into uh, the conversation that we brought up in season one so that we can understand these concepts with a little bit more depth and perspective. So a little bit of context into today's episode. Christine and I decided to meet for a hike. So we met up on Tuesday, August 4th at around 10 a.m. out in Bragg Creek. And we decided we were going to do a short-ish hike um, climbing White Buddha. And once we got on the path, we actually lost our way a little bit and ended up, uh, instead of going on a you know hour and a half hike, it ended up being four hours, which was perfect because I got to spend half a day with Christine. Now, some of the things that I noticed in this conversation and my, my date with Christine is, well, first of all, and this is what I shared with her after the fact when we were walking back to our cars, is that I experienced hour after hour of being in my ventral vagal system. For those of you who know the polyvagal theory, ventral vagal is speaking to our green zone, the safe and social zone, the the state where we're comfortable and open. We feel safe and we're able to connect with the people around us uh, instead of just being up in our own head. And um, I don't experience extreme bouts of ventral vagal when I'm around other people. But with Christine, there's this element of safety and softness and inspiration and support. And I was able to just connect and be, and there was no performing. There was no wondering what I was going to say next. You know, we we just found this beautiful flow as we were out in nature. And when we got to the highest point of our hike, that's when we sat down to look out over the view and do a little intention setting with some burning of sage, which we speak to at the beginning of the episode. And then we dive into a conversation. The bulk of the conversation is about tensegrity. And if that's, again, a word you haven't heard before, get ready. It is just a fascinating way to perceive your body, your relationships, your health, every layer of your being. It's a a fascinating way to expand and recognize the importance of holding and honoring pairs of opposites. So I hope that this conversation really illuminates the power of tensegrity and how it can be used on a daily basis. We also go through a step-by-step process that Christine is developing right now to support people in in how they can actually integrate, how they can meet sensation in their body and um, transform it, hold space for it, love it. And it's a a really cool step-by-step process that we kind of jump around on. Um, she, She does mention that her her theory is an embryo at this point, so um, it's it's not a clear one, two, three, four, five in our conversation. So I really encourage you to listen to this while you have access to pen and paper so you can take some notes. I've already listened back to this conversation twice, and each time it not only does it take me right back into this beautiful experience with Christine, 
but it's helping me really, really land in these steps of how to build a healthier and stronger relationship with the deeper layers of who I am. So without further ado, let's get started. So enjoy this conversation and reach out if you have any questions. Well, I'm sitting here with Christine Wischke um, on a almost mountaintop with <laughs> burning sage looking out over a, a giant, what would you call this, ravine? Mm, yeah. Cliff face? Yes, yeah. we are definitely on a cliff face. Yeah. We've been <laughs> hiking, walking, and talking for the last couple of hours and uh, just sat down to take in the sights and mm. capture conversation to share. I, I had moments as we were already walking and, and talking where it's like, man, if we just had the phone recording now, this would be pretty <laughs> epic. Right. Uh, but sound quality may have been an issue. So yeah, we'll kind of just take it from here. Um, so I, I actually would love if you were comfortable with sharing you know, why we just did what we did, what your meditation brought up for you this morning, and we can allow that to be the, the sure. jump off point. Um, so with the sage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this morning I was doing a meditation and occasionally when I do meditations, I'll have like a visit from a higher self a part of my higher self I guess mm -hmm. I'll put it that way a part of my higher self yes mm -hmm. and this one was a Hopi elder is how it showed real or how it how the image came and I was shown the I was shown a braid a symbol of a braid and it was the message was that the braid was combining the the will of the higher self, that the divine will, and then the will of our individual mission, our individual purpose. It was braiding those three qualities, and the the lighting of or the burning of it is about igniting and illuminating for the purpose, I guess, of clarity of the will mm -hmm. on these three levels or at least that's what the meaning is for me personally mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I don't know that this is what the <laughs> meaning will be for everybody um so that was that that was the vision and then uh, it came to me just as we were in the parking lot getting ready for our hike I remembered that my mom had given me a bundle of sage last night and that it was still in my car. And so I just grabbed, so I asked Marin, do you have a lighter? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And so I just grabbed it and put it in my backpack. And then in our epic conversation, <laughs> I shared the story of this vision. And so while we sat down, we decided to do it. So yeah. just, yeah. Hmm. Do you have, what was your experience of the little ritual we did? <laughs> hmm. uh, there's novelty in it. Mm -hmm. I've never braided sage like this to be honest i haven't seen sage outside of when it's pre-bundled the way it is when you buy it to burn it mm -hmm. so that in itself is a new experience to see what sage looks like mm -hmm. the braiding of it with you as we talked about 
what I we think our own unique purpose is Mm. and all of it was just very it felt very reverent and powerful yeah yeah for me too yeah thank you yeah thank you and it's still burning which is so nice sitting on this rock next to us yes yeah you know whenever I I think about you or, or talk about you it's always along with tensegrity yeah <laughs> and uh and it's a funny word that a lot of people well yeah it's just new speaking of novelty it's yeah. you're not familiar with something it's, it's a new concept to, to make sense of and i know in our first conversation in season one we did explore it mm-hmm. uh and so potentially it might be helpful maybe do you want to describe tensegrity just for the sake of, of yeah. the launching off point of what is tensegrity? Yeah. Why why is it a thing that you love so much? Love so much and that now I love. Mm. Um, okay, and, and actually I will also say before I launch into the tensegrity that this is part of that vision of the three. Uh, it was part mm. of my meditation was, you know, it's always lately an exploration. My meditations are an exploration of the play of forces. Yes inside me physiologically sometimes as nervous system you know modes or gears and but sometimes energetic qualities or emotional experiences that I'm exploring the way the different forces inside me are organizing with each other and what Mm -hmm. their relationship is with other forces Mm -hmm. and so when this image of the braid came it was kind of on the tail end of a of a meditation where I was processing a couple of opposing forces mm-hmm. that were working to integrate together mm-hmm. with the, the higher self yeah. and then I had this image of, of them braiding mm. so um, that was the three coming together and so tensegrity is it, it is a like a structural architectural map sometimes I think it was Buckminster Fuller is the is the one that coined the phrase, but I've actually learned since that it might not have been him and it might have been somebody else. So hmm, keep interesting. That, okay. Yeah, keep that <laughs> open-ended. Um, but that the architecture of compression only. So if you take like two bricks and you cement them together um, and then cement that to the ground, that's those are that's the force of compression on, on top of compression. Mm-hmm. And what his brainchild was all about was what if that the force of compression were combined and balanced with the the force of tension which and and which are like they're opposing Mm -hmm. um so what if we combine these opposing forces together and what was discovered was that this architecture was actually more structured like more structurally strong strong Mm -hmm. so that and then i think for me personally, <laughs> I'm kind of going all over the place. Well, but for me personally, this concept is so relevant on the inner realms and in, in, in what it means to me as a human being mm-hmm. that the sometimes these forces that are really strong and intense on their own, if they're not balanced with its opposite, they become very uncomfortable. Like it, it's like a form of suffering. Mm-hmm. So if I take some type of compressive force like sorrow or grief or sadness and that force on its own, if it's not balanced with anything else, it can become, it can overpower my whole system and become very overwhelming. But if I find a way to internally balance it with a force that complements it or that opposes it, but I, you know, hold them in a frame where they're balanced 
suddenly this sorrow or this this grief is now a piece of a greater whole mm-hmm. and it has its place within the whole and so it's no longer this force that's taking me out <laughs> mm-hmm. that it's now you know has its own almost superpower to it that it's this beautiful energy because it's now has its place within a greater whole so it's not it's no longer overpowering yeah. the system it's a piece of the system mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah so the tensegrity idea in architecture is taking tension and compression organizing them in such a way that they're balanced the two are balanced and then a third quality as an emergent property it pops up which mm-hmm. is the volume which is the space yeah and or, and where the balance of the two so um the, it's like um and and then the second part of your question of why do you love it so much mm-hmm. <laughs> is that third piece so when you take compression forces so if i imagine um i don't know maybe you can give them an image of the tensegrity structure so if you can imagine the struts of the tensegrity structure being heavier than the strings so they would kind of collapse together Mm, yeah and then you would imagine the strings as spacing them apart Mm -hmm. so that the that that force of like compressing is now used in a way of spacing Mm -hmm. and so once that's all set up and and combined in such a way you have this like dimensional pop Mm -hmm. it's like you shift from this flat two-dimensional thing to this three-dimensional structure that now has volume and space and so for me that is a representation it's a model of our experience as humans of going from you know 3d to 5d or so our experience of having an experience be very flat and all of a sudden it pops and we have this all of a sudden we have some space around it mm-hmm. we have some freedom to move within it yeah, some options you have some options mm-hmm. you have some choice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that why i love it is because to me the model represents that jump in dimension that shift in perspective that takes us from a limited point of view to a bigger picture point of view mm-hmm. to where we can see the whole yeah and so to me like it's a model of freedom it's a model of wholeness but i think yeah. of it as a model of freedom yeah yeah that's definitely my experience with it so with the three parts that yeah. we just braided this actually has been one of my questions recently is that often when I'm playing with tensegrity, whether it's in a meditation, um, generally it's in meditation, starting with the two opposing forces yeah, and then the emergent property of a volume or space kind yeah. of creates the triangle. Yeah. But sometimes it could also be the emergent property could be freedom. Right. Right. It could be another feeling emerges. There's peace. Right. Uh, yeah. So with the three, the, the higher self, yeah. the divine will, and the, what was the third one again? Your, the will of your purpose. Right, your yes. Individual. Mm-hmm. So with those three, when you landed on those this morning, mm-hmm. was it because you were playing with two, the two of them first and then a third one appeared? Or, were, or was that separate? From... It was kind of separate, okay. actually, yeah. Um, I don't even now remember what I was. I was trying to process something uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes you process something so much, you integrate it so much, you're like, what was that problem again? Yeah. What was yeah. issue? What was it? I forgot. But it really was just the gateway into your <laughs> yeah. body of yeah, clearly into, something. Like a portal into some kind of insight that, you know, yeah. I was trying to come yeah. through. But, you know, in, in my fighting with this uncomfortable feeling, I couldn't get to the insight that was behind it because yeah. I was 
So when I meditate, I'll go toward the discomfort yes. so that I can unpack the, you so know, it's really going on access there. the insight that's on, yes. on the yeah. Um, but mm. so this three, I think of it as, so um, my individual, so the will of my individual purpose would be like, I, I really have an aversion to the word ego. Yeah. You know, because I think it's been painted so negatively. Yeah. And I, I, I think I have a very, a much more compassionate view of what the ego is that, um, that as individuals, we have an, we have a, we have a will of our, of our individual nature. So I, I, I like to use the body because I think we can understand the body as a system of fullness. Mm -hmm. So if we look at it as my liver has individual liver cells, which have, which have, which have an individual will. So they're yeah. actually, their, their will is to function to, let's say, filter or process toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's their individual purpose mm -hmm. and will. And um, if you take the liver outside of the body and you try to just like have a liver sitting in a dish or something, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it's not very, it's not a very functional purpose. Yeah. So I think when we talk about the ego negatively, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a, an ego that's been taken outside of the system. Yeah. So then it's sort of like, well, what's the point of that? Yes. But if you put that liver back inside the body and you see it as a piece of a whole mm -hmm. and you see that, oh, suddenly this filtration purpose that it has is suddenly very important mm -hmm. to the benefit. It's benefiting the whole. Yeah. Yes, it's an individual quality, but it is serving it is to the benefit of a greater system yes so they that's the individual sort of mission or purpose mm -hmm. and then the higher self would be like what's the purpose of the body mm -hmm. so that's my liver's purpose right yeah. is to filter and then what's the purpose of my body well mm -hmm. my body you know is like walking around doing stuff in the world yeah right and then my higher self has a, a will and a purpose within its greater system yes you know which yeah. is that you know and so then it's just practical from there it's yes. just greater systems within greater systems within greater systems yes yeah. but the tensegrity i think is the is a beautiful representation because it's such a great it represents fullness in the context of if you look at these structures if you look at the architectural structures it's it very much represents this continuity of of a system that if you take one strut and you turn it you turn it 45 degrees the architectural the shape of the entire structure changes yeah. in mm -hmm. response to it mm -hmm. and so if we look at the system of a human body if i change one thought or belief or experience my the, my experience of my life changes yeah. the way that i experience reality yeah. changes mm. and one person really in alignment with their will is going to change is going to have a change on the human body system yeah like the collective system yes yeah. mm. that's beautiful Thanks. yeah <laughs> very well very well described so you and i have been going back and forth quite a bit in the last few months just on push and pull yeah and I know this is we had landed on like this is a great theme to dive into um push it. and pull being also the balance of forces yes. right two opposing forces it's another way of of um playing with tensegrity yes, is looking at yeah. where's the pull where's the push and yeah. like am I pushing a lot okay where can I create a little bit more space for some pull so that I'm not 
overwhelming myself or other people with this push or again with the pull. So one of the things I hadn't shared with you yet, actually, this was, I think I'd mentioned, like I just had a tensegrity moment while we were, I was driving and it was, we've been doing a lot of highway driving, going out to camp um, out in the mountains. And, and I had this moment where, you know, when there's a lot of traffic on the highway and it's interesting to watch how people move as a collective on the highway. Yeah, very much so. And my husband, when he's driving, he gets really frustrated with other people. Other people don't know what they're doing, according to him. He, because he will keep his um, his speed set at at one speed. And if everyone just did that in his mind, it would just be this fluid system where we all move together. But there's a lot of people who do a lot of stopping and starting, mm. which gets in the way. Right, 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 right. And so my experience with Tensegrity was was just feeling the push and pull of his energy within the car. Right. So someone's in front of him that's going too slow. Yeah. He starts getting into their field. He starts pushing a little bit. He's and he, pushing. And mm-hmm. he even expressed this after that, well, this is what he does. He says, if I kind of go up and push a little bit and then I edge back mm-hmm. they move out of the way uh-huh. and he said if, if I stay on their ass they slow down because they get mad yes they, they get angry they yeah. push back mm-hmm. and so it became this really interesting they want their dance. Free will. yeah don't <laughs> tell me what to do right <laughs> suddenly and you can watch people like try to give each other lessons on the road too of you got too close to me I'm going to slam on my brakes and teach you a lesson but it was just this interesting energy of, of feeling the car moving up close behind another car the push the edge back the shift out of the way and then we move forward yeah. and just it was this interesting just push and pull mm-hmm. and Fantastic. and so obviously you can play with this in so many different realms and you can feel it yeah. um where where does this go for you how are you using push and pull um, well, the push and pull thing came to me actually because I was, I had been thinking about how can I take this tensegrity concept from, so biotensegrity is getting well established in the movement world mm-hmm. as kind of a shift from the biomechanical model of thinking of the body as a machine with levers into this a little bit, you know, I was like, let's take that to the next dimension. How would it be if it was this? And so the biotensegrity movement is about a more holistic way of looking at how the body moves and is organized and is working toward optimal force distribution Mm -hmm. and which I'm very attracted to also. But from my training as a homing practitioner and working a lot with pain and trauma and all of that I I've been thinking like how can I take that concept and apply it to our psychological realms like the way we experience emotions and thoughts and like just our energetic spiritual experience of reality Mm -hmm. so I've been thinking because I've been experiencing it this way but I've been thinking like how can I translate that Mm -hmm. how can I make that bridge and then what came to me was the push-pull as, as kind of an answer to that, that when you look at polyvagal theory or you look at the nervous system regulation, suddenly I realized, okay, this is, for, this is a play of forces also. Mm. So when we look at being sympathetically activated, it is often a push type of energy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in... If I'm in that kind of safe, connected, inspired space, which is the ventral vagal, 
expression. I'm, I am actually in the center of that tensegro balance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got space and I can connect. I can do both. Yeah. But when I start to get a little sympathetically activated, I, I kind of lose, I kind of move out of that balance. And now I actually want to either push something away or I want to get away. So I want to fight or I want to flight. Yeah. So I realized that's the push. Yeah. And so then I started to take that into the tensegrity, like, okay, tension and compression are push and pull. Okay, mm-hmm. this is how we can maybe weave that tensegrity concept into those right. other Way more tangible. Levels, most, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then pull is that, um, pulling in is that longing for connection. So you're pulling to, you know, almost like, it's almost like I'm, I'm reaching out to have something come toward me. Yeah. I'm, I have a longing for connection. Yeah. Or, I'm feeling alone or those kinds of things. Lacking something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can look at how that how that all fits in on the nervous system level. Um, but really like that's where that that's where that originally came to me was that the, the push and pull was the was maybe the language base we could use to take these concepts into those other mm-hmm. levels. Yeah. And then started to really see it play out in my life and to actually name what I was in when I was in it started mm-hmm. becoming really helpful and, and really functional and useful. Yeah. That it, um, to see when I'm in, when I'm feeling safe and I'm able to connect, there's, it, it almost is like that third, that, that pop in dimension. Mm-hmm. So I have the space of my, my expanded adult functional self mm-hmm. and that space is available to connect with another human and we can have a conscious conversation mm-hmm. but when I start to get activated I start to move over to that one force of push and it takes up more airtime than the than the pull yeah. or sometimes the other way around if I'm starting to maybe go into a dorsal collapse I might have more too much pull I might be like mm, too much of that gravity and too mm. much and, you know, sometimes when you're really in a dorsal vagal, you, you know, you can almost kind of have that like needy energy that will actually repel that. like your yeah. husband, right? Like yeah. it actually repels people away. Yeah. You're like, please help me. And they're like, oh, too needy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. mm. But that would be that too much pull. Yeah. And so the balance of the push and pull to find that equilibrium is for me, it was bringing me back into ventral vagal. Mm-hmm. So it's bringing, it was regulating my nervous system physiologically, but bringing me back into that space where I felt a um, so actually I'll say one more thing about it mm-hmm. is that I also dialed it down into two more words, mm-hmm. which was, um, either a longing for freedom mm-hmm. and space or a longing for love and connection. Mm-hmm. So that would like the closeness. Yeah. So those would, those would be the, those push and pull on longing maybe. for freedom would be pushing. Yeah. Longing for connection. Love is pull. pull. Yeah. 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 That definitely lands for me. And, and so when you ask somebody a question if you ask them say and even your listeners right now can ask themselves this question they're like what do you want you know what do you want most in life and sometimes someone will say they'll answer like you know a million dollars would be great (laughs) but if you keep asking the question what do you want and then imagine that you have it okay I have a million dollars so what does that give you so if you keep going down to what does that give you far enough Mm -hmm. you'll you'll end up with either love or freedom. Mm-hmm. You'll end up with one of those two things. Mm-hmm. So you'll end up with push or pull. <laughs> so this question is so helpful because it actually will show you where you're a little bit out of balance. Yeah. If, you, you know, if you're really longing for something, your system's out of balance. Yeah. Because when you're in that balance, you're totally content. You know, someone says, what do you want? Nothing. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got all my, everything's good. 
right? Because you're in that, you're in the middle. And so that's why the what do you want question is so beautiful and helpful because it will actually, if you pare it down to one of those two, it'll show you where you are in your, in your architecture. Mm. And then you can actually make a, just a slight movement in order to bring yourself back into balance. Yeah, yeah. so beautiful. And it, the first time I experienced push-pull was with you in the meditation on wearing masks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this was... Maybe there was a lot of push and pull in that conversation. Oh, man, yeah. A month and a half ago now? Mm-hmm. Something like that, two months ago? Uh, it was just such a fascinating experience to, first of all, open up the conversation with the people in the group of, yeah. you know, how do you feel about this? And mm-hmm. already it was extremes yeah. and somewhere in the middle yeah. but there was a wide range of really we, right. we heard everything of you know the opinion the the fear the anger confusion yeah. all of it and and for me at that point I was I think I even expressed I'm I feel like I'm I'm neutral I'm sitting on the fence or I'm I'm hesitant mm-hmm. I think that's the word I use I'm hesitant to even make to it go, take one side or yeah. the other yeah I just was not ready yeah. and and I was but I was feeling so much energy around it so much heat around it yeah yeah and and in the meditation where you just kept getting us to go in deeper beneath whatever was coming up and is that a push or is that a pull yeah and it made me it made it so I was able to relate to what I was experiencing in a different way I could see it yes yeah, so and great and it it just I walked away from that meditation feeling so much more grounded and and clear I think I shared at the end of the way I'm perceiving it now is that it's really not about me it's mm-hmm. about the safety of the collective and community right. and and I'm so still good. playing with it because I, I know mm-hmm. there's new information still coming in and too much of anything's no longer a good thing wearing a mask all day long is yeah. going to have some adverse effects to absolutely, it absolutely yes, right yes. and so any blind acceptance One or extreme or the other yeah, yeah it needs to be more fluid and adaptive it's so beautiful I'm so glad you shared that because so the way that you just described it the way that I would kind of almost mirror that back to you is that you had a shift in you had the shift of that dimensional shift of that tensegrity where the 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 opposing qualities instead of taking and and this is maybe important to name that sometimes when we have opposing qualities because we have preferences Mm -hmm. I might prefer happiness to sadness Mm -hmm. and so because I have that personal preference I'll try to reorganize those forces in such a way that happiness wins mm. and sadness loses mm-hmm. <laughs> but it this is like a biosphere right so if but so you actually can't send sadness to the outside of it, it would be like again sending my liver to the outside of my body where yeah. it doesn't really have much usefulness out there it's yeah. something within a greater system mm-hmm. so it's not about having my preferences win it's about having me it's about that shift in so balancing the two so that I can ha- experience that shift in that dimensional pop, that mm-hmm. shift in perspective where the two forces combine in such a way that they create that third greater thing. Yes. And then when that third greater thing is there, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, sadness, you belong. Mm-hmm. Why did I ever think I should send you away? You're, you're like a structural support beam. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. Pop yeah. <laughs> kind of doing something important. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. But when it's, when it's, overpowering the system yeah. it becomes dysfunctional in our lives so then we yeah you know make up that we should get rid of it mm-hmm. but um yeah so thank you for naming that thing but the the push your push pull story was so perfect um that's the way it really works 
is that when you have that moment where you shift from the, the, the singular or that individual will to the perspective of what benefits the whole, mm-hmm. then you're in that other dimension, right? right? You're in that tensegral mm-hmm. pop of that. And the important piece of not disregarding the individual will. Oh, exactly. Right? Yes. So it's, and that, yeah. I think that's what gives us that space to be able to still balance and adapt. It's not just about, okay, I don't matter. I'm going to do this for everybody yeah. else. It's I matter and everyone else that's matters. It. That's it. That's right. Yeah. And that's why I that's why I sort of resist uh, um, or hesitate in using the word ego yeah. because it, it kind of has that negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think of it as a, a bar on the tensegrity structure. Mm-hmm. So I, if I cut if I cut that thing out, it's going to collapse on that side. Yeah. It's actually doing a thing that's that's important, but it's not. It's it's just that that one beam isn't. The most important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's important for what it is, yes. as what it's doing. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be removed or killed or disregarded, but it's mm-hmm. that demonized. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like oh, poor ego. It's like the bad rap. <laughs> so really, with that analogy of mm-hmm. thinking of it as a strand in the greater yeah. whole, it's about making it so it's hydrated. Yeah, and it has space to move, and yes. and you can see it from different angles so that it's not you know, squished up against other things or, or that exactly. the way that you described on our hike too, of sometimes it's like different tendrils or points all kind of are colliding into one yes, space exactly. instead of being open and, and in their right organized spots, they yeah. can kind of get congealed. Yeah, exactly. And, kinda, and I know you used the analogy before of it almost becomes like a black hole. Yeah. Energy's getting sucked into it and it's, it's, it becomes this run in the stocking or this black hole of energy when exactly that's not the problem yeah. it's it's about we need to be able to create some space for it and make it feel safe and exactly. you know there's lots of stuff in there to dig into and and to know yourself more clearly yeah very much so like it um it overpowers the system mm-hmm. when it's that when 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 too many pieces are all stuck together and congealed it can the the force of that can be overpowering mm-hmm. So then it kind of takes up the whole, uh, it takes up too much space in the architecture. So there's not enough room for the, you know, the light of your own conscious awareness to actually get in there and fill it Mm -hmm. and, and be the sort of overlighting presence to it. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's all, um, that's the, the work that I do on the energetic level is like teasing apart those pieces that are stuck together, which is very similar to the, the fascial mm. adhesion idea that you yes. have two pieces that are two pieces of tissue that are too close together. Yeah. The way that I often describe it is like, you know, if you have if there's two people talking to you at one time, it gets it gets a little bit overwhelming. You're like, well, one of you just mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I can. So that's the way that I work with it when I'm working with clients on the either emotional, mental, or energetic level is to see, is there a way that we can create some space so that these, these loud experiences inside can be heard individually Mm. and we'll tease them apart and see and use a lot of listening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So beautiful. Thanks. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So you were sharing a little bit about a a step-by-step process that you've been 
working on? Is that something that you would feel comfortable kind of walking through of what, what that looks like at this point? Uh, well, it's still sort of an embryo. Yeah. So I don't know that I don't know that that we'd get a kind of a complete vision of it. But what I'm working on is it's either going to be like a big blog project or book. Mm -hmm. I don't know yet. But at the moment, I'm just writing it, seeing where it goes. Um, each section has a guided meditation at the end of it so mm -hmm. that you can learn about that piece and then experience that yeah, piece. Smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm calling it the architecture of the self. And the idea would be that the, the, so the architecture of the self is the, the, the housing of how we as pure consciousness experience reality. Mm -hmm. so I think like we said, I was saying to you on the walk that there's that kind of popular concept out there of create your own reality and what I've been seeing and playing with is that it's not really about creating reality as much as it is about how you experience reality. Mm -hmm. That reality kind of just is what it is, but it's so complex and it's so huge and it's so vast that we can experience it so many different ways. Yes. And that we're experiencing it through the housing, through the lens of the way that, that we're shaped through our experiences and our feelings and our thoughts and our beliefs and mm -hmm. everything that's happened to us and that all of those things kind of form this tensegrity architecture and that's that's the lens that we're seeing the world through mm. and so as we change that architecture we change the way we experience the world which allows us to make some different choices and 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 whatnot and so you you'll probably see your life change as you go through this as you go through this process but the so the the steps would be to first recognize that the the let's call it the higher self or the expanded self is what we call it in Hakomi, that that expanded self is actually the one that's in the middle and the one that's, that's sort of like the will that you would want to align with. Mm -hmm. But that that is made up of a series of, of parts or sub-personalities mm -hmm. and that those can take up, you know, various clusters of space in, in various parts of you and alter the way that we experience mm -hmm. the world. I feel like I want to give an example. Well, actually, the example that's popping up for me yeah. is the um, the house of your being. Yes. Right. So Rumi's poem. And um, mm. and so the self would be, well, I'm technically the owner of this home. I'm, I'm hosting this, say, dinner party. Yeah. And all of the guests that are moving through the house are the different parts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. I love the roomie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know me too. <laughs> and and I think sometimes it's to think of the the self as a building that we live in and it kind of might immediately bring to mind like a kind of cut off and separated mm -hmm. structure like a house mm -hmm. with big walls. Yeah. So to, to kind of have this sense of like being walled off or separate from the world. But the, the way that I've been mapping it out in this book is to, to see it more as a tensegrity building. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all open. It's a, and that's the nice thing about tensegrity structures is they're very strong. Yeah. They're very protected, but they're also very open. Mm -hmm. So there's the ability to still be, be seamless with the whole and yet contained within your own have your yeah. own personal function like your own integrated into nature but it's still a 
it's still yeah. a structure that's offering it's, a little bit more protection potentially. Yes, it still has its own yeah. individual will, yeah, like its own, great. Its own yeah. purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that changes the visual of my house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the so so we think of ourselves as this architecture, and the the. It, and and it being made up of a series of let's say beliefs and maybe memories, experiences, thought, feelings, sensations, emotions, all these um, that have maybe clustered together to form subpersonalities, mm -hmm. or we think of them as like mini networks. Yeah, and th those experiences can sometimes be so thick or maybe so blended together that we don't have access to that expanded, pure, essential self. Mm -hmm. And we'll see the world or the consciousness will filter through that one part only. Mm -hmm. And then we start to kind of identify with that part. Yeah. And that part is the now the driver of the bus and it's making the choices. Yeah. And so our experience of reality is kind of zeroed in or the lens is narrowed in through that part. Mm -hmm. So when we shift back into that expanded self, we have and we're in, we recognize that we're in this open structure, then we experience the world through the lens of the, through the expanded self. Mm -hmm. So we see, we see a bigger picture. Yeah. And I think you also have more compassion for the part that was driving the bus before, which is you know, sometimes my wounded four-year-old drives the bus for a bit, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't even go well when she does. I love you, sweetie, but you don't know how to drive. You're not a great driver. Let's face yeah. it, you don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think we've all had that experience yeah. of having that, maybe I get triggered and that, that part is like, I got you, I got you, honey. I'm going to just jump in and, and take over and, you know, and then you know, you might snap out of that and realize that you've just gotten into a fight with your child or whatever. And it's like, oh, I got to go clean that mess up. So, so the visual for me is the, 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 call them circles of stimulus. Yeah. And reaction. Yeah. And when we're in our, uh, in one of our parts kind of stuck, it's, it's like they're overlapped so much that there's no space. It's just, this yeah. is what happened to me. And I acted out this way because that's what was needed. Yeah. Or we might say things like, this is just the way that I am. Yeah. We'll kind of justify it after the fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, but, mm -hmm. but what might be more helpful or more functional would be to, to actually unblend at that point. Yes. To recognize that that's, that that's a part of, it's a piece of the whole. It maybe has its place within the whole. We don't have to demonize it, but to take that as a signal that it's time to come back into the expanded self, into the adult, functional adult self. And so the Daniel Siegel quote or example of this is about recognizing you're a fruit salad, not a smoothie. Right. So we yeah. don't want to be so blended that it's a smoothie. We want to recognize every single part of this fruit salad yeah. plays an important role, has nutrients, yeah. makes a colorful bowl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to, and to take it into the architecture idea that if we were, if we were the smoothie, we would be like a good, we would be like a compression only structure. Brick house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when we have, when we, when we are actually able to be polarized, but in a functional way, then we have, we can have that uh, tensegrity architecture which is actually stronger mm -hmm. and it's more open yeah. and it's flexible <laughs> you know and so it, it has its advantages to keep the let's say opposites 
that that we that we that tend to polarize us but organize them in such a way that is functional mm -hmm. and so the uh, maybe an example will be the what is an example of two polarized things that we tend to get into a fight with <laughs> mm. well like emotions yep in general um anger yeah anger versus joy yeah yeah, like I exactly. just want to be happy. I just want to have a good time. That's a great one. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anger, as because it can be loud and intense and uncomfortable, we can make up about it that it sh doesn't have a place within the. It doesn't have a it's getting in the way structural yeah. function within this building. Yeah. But if we take maybe a step back from it and we see that it actually does have a place within the over within the whole that it has some type of structural support that it's offering, mm -hmm. then it right away actually takes the discomfort out of anger because we're not resisting it anymore. Mm -hmm. We're actually appreciating it, you know, for mm -hmm. what it is, that it's a push. Yeah. That there's something that's too close. It's actually trying, it's actually fulfilling its own will of push. That's its function. It's trying to get space to happen. Mm -hmm. And then if we go over, did you say joy was the second? Yeah. Then we go over to joy and we see that it's like, oh, like what, 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 what is joy providing? So if there was only joy in the structure, it wouldn't have any of those opposites to create the tensegral mm -hmm. balance. Mm -hmm. So it would just be like, it would just be like the stringy strings. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> so structure. It wouldn't, wouldn't have any structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to bring the two together, to balance the two together would give us that dimensional experience where, where the expanded self can actually sit down in the middle mm. and, and take up the space. Mm -hmm. And then anger might be this tiny little piece over here that I can hold in awareness and ask, what do you need? Mm. And it might say something like, I need some space. I need a boundary. I need you know, I need you to protect me. Like mm -hmm. lots of times when I do inner work, the angry is, is that I'm abandoning myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm not protecting myself mm -hmm. in a situation. So it's mad at me because yeah. <laughs> I'm not protecting myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, of course you're mad. So then I can get the expanded adult to address the situation from the adult perspective mm -hmm. and set a boundary. Right. That so so that pleases this young one that's really mad. And it just wants to be heard and seen. Yeah, and it just settles. It yeah. settles. It has its you know, do you ever see that movie Inside Out? Yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like it has its place at the table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's like how joy wanted sadness out of there. Yeah. yeah. When to me is doing that inner work, it also changes the way that I perceive in this example of anger in other people mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know, 100%. It, it doesn't it, it's more complex now I can see that this is a protection mechanism or yeah um, it's a strong push of some kind yeah and so rather than getting wrapped up in the anger and feeling like I need to defend myself or or push back yeah. it actually the way that I'm able to soften and feel these intense emotions within myself I'm now able to do that with other people yeah yeah that's that's beautifully said mm. thank you love that that mm -hmm. and 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 thank you actually for bringing that in because that it that really is ultimately what the work is about is yeah. getting it down to the organization of forces mm -hmm. so how are these if i can take these experiences and understand them as a play of forces that are actually providing something then i have a different understanding of how they're moving through my system but that they exist to benefit me right. so just like my individual will and purpose is to benefit the whole 
my individual parts are trying to benefit the whole of me. Yeah. Don't, doesn't always seem like that. Yeah. <laughs> but to, to understand it as those forces. Mm-hmm. So I usually just go with it. So as far as that five-step process, I usually just go with a series of questions. Yeah. So I start by getting the, the expanded self to, like, I first of all f- make sure that I'm in my expanded self. And sometimes when I'm really triggered or really activated, my push energy might be high or I might be collapsed all the way down into pull. So I might need to do a little bit of physiological nervous system regulation Mm -hmm. to even be able to find (laughs) the expanded self so play with that and regulate through breath or through a series of sayings like self-compassion or saying Mm -hmm. some kind things to myself but I'll get myself eventually into that expanded self Mm -hmm. and that would be step one Mm -hmm. which sometimes can take a long oh, wow. time. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's like I have I have a self other than this angry four year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that would be the first is to, is to uh, arrive as the expanded self. And would you say that's the same as getting into just the ventral vagal? Yeah, I think um, I think ventral vagal is the portal okay. into the mm. expanded self. So the way that I see it is that we're playing on four different levels. Mm. So you have the physical, yeah. but then we have the emotional, mental, and the spiritual, which I think of it as the, like the Russian nesting dolls. Right. So yeah. they're the different bodies. Um, when you're established in the spiritual level, it's the largest one, so it contains all the other levels. So if you're only in the physical one, which is the smallest one, sometimes we don't necessarily pay attention to those other levels of our experience. Mm-hmm. But we're, we actually want to be in, in our more established in our spiritual self, but integrated with the, all the others. Yes. So the expanded self is the combination of the four right. so it is a, it is our spiritual being okay. you know we're the spiritual being i mean the human experience like but so we're more anchored okay. in our spiritual selves so ventral vagal is speaking to i have i have facilitated my body yes into that grounded state where now i can actually access That's the it. next levels i've primed my physical body yeah. to the point now where i can flow into yes the, yeah that makes yeah, a lot of sense regulated emotions mm-hmm. regulated inspired thoughts mm-hmm. which allow me to access that that spiritual level of my being mm-hmm. which is larger yeah. and yeah so it it's that biggest one but it contains all the all of the others mm-hmm. Um, so that's the that's the expanded self. Mm-hmm. It is kind of is a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. It is you. Um, so the regulating the nervous system is definitely a great way in. Mm-hmm. That's a great. It's really hard to access the self or the spiritual self from a dysregulated nervous mm-hmm. system. It's really hard to get there from a sympathetic activation mm-hmm. or from a dorsal collapse. Yeah, if you're totally collapsed, your body is just not in the right. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why I think I'm going on a tangent here, which is why I think that yoga is so significant as a practice because it's about priming the physical body mm-hmm. in order to regulate and arrive at those, yeah. at those higher states yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, and and you know, in polyvagal theory, they say story follows state. Mm-hmm. So even just looking at the type of mental narrative that goes along with being in a sympathetic activation, mm-hmm. those thoughts tend to not be conducive to accessing the spiritual self. They yeah. tend to be more 
circulating and ruminating and obsessing mm. and more negative yeah. based. Yeah, it's rigid. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's for good reason, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Those thoughts are trying to help yeah. get you out of, you know, but it can become a, it can become a negative feedback loop. Yeah. So to come from there back into the body can actually be really helpful to get out of that loop mm-hmm. and then go from ventral vagal, ventral vagal back up. You'll probably experience different thoughts. There'll be mm-hmm. a different mental narrative. Mm-hmm. That'll be easier to move through to access that. Yeah. That spiritual self. Mm-hmm. So that's step one is actually being in the self yeah. <laughs> to mm-hmm. do the work from there, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a big deal. It is. You know, it's kind of like so many of these spiritual self-help books are about arriving at that state and then that's the end right so i'm like okay now that's actually the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually where you need to start yeah <laughs> yeah mm. so so we look at the you know the ancient spiritual traditions and all the you know the enlightenment stuff and you know all the stuff that's out there so whatever works for you to actually get you into a, a sense of this is my spiritual being mm-hmm. um arrive there and then we start to look at the other aspects of the of the self. The you know we can call them our personality or subpersonalities, but those parts of us that might be might need attention mm-hmm. or might need some integration. Do you use the language of archetypes? Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing? Um, it's kind of same and different sometimes mm-hmm. I think. It's kind of same and different because the the thing with archetypes is that they're not necessarily unique to a person, though they can be a right. they can be a template yeah. that you could bounce off of. Mm-hmm. But that this process you'd want it to be very individual, mm. really unique to you. Yeah. So my architecture is going to look different than your architecture. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to take walk people through this process and have everybody in the same building yes that we would actually end up in this 100 percent unique to us architecture of the self mm-hmm. that now when i experience the reality through this architecture i'm actually if i am a liver i'm functioning as a liver mm. you know in this body yeah that i'm actually arriving to like what is my unique what's unique about me mm-hmm. what's what is it about you know, my essence, is it green? You know, my, am I the green of this forest, right? Like, so that that it has that really unique yeah. quality yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. The archetype, archetypes can be useful, but like, yeah, I'd like them to be like a jumping off point to actually get at that really ultimate fundamental question of what's yeah. Yeah. your heart's longing, mm-hmm. you know, what's at the center of your longing. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's that second part is the intention. Right. So we find the intention, which sometimes looks like the will or the purpose or. um, And so it's asking, having a conversation with a sensation or an experience or a part. Yeah. From from the uh, the facilitator of the session Mm -hmm. is your expanded self. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes, um, you know, I didn't bring this up when we were on our walk, but sometimes it might be helpful to actually go through the process actually first with the expanded self hmm. so that then the expanded self is now like trained to, fa- to facilitate these other parts through the process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the expanded self has a purpose. 
right? It has its, it has an intention. Mm -hmm. It has what it's here to do. And so we might want to find that out and then walk it through the stages of like, is it mm. free to do that? And if not, what's stopping it? And then, you know, see where it, where it needs to, if, if it has a release that it has to, does that have something that's weighing it down that it needs to, mm. to let go of so that it can freely move? Yeah. You know, okay. so I have a bunch of things stuck together over here and it can't move in all the directions it could. Yeah. So it's really only limited to these two choices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that I actually just said all five steps really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that's that's the process is just essentially getting the freedom to move consciously through the world, mm -hmm. and the and then the, the the architecture idea is just that's the lens for lack of a better way to put it. That's the way that we're experiencing mm -hmm. our the reality, our our reality. That's so great. I. You know, what, what comes up for me in hearing you talk about this is, first of all, it's, it's such a gift to be able to share this with other people. And there might, there are people out there that will hear this and are already skilled in self-facilitation and, and they'll, it'll be like, they finally, get I get it. They're, they're just going to go right there. Yeah. It just, you know, once, <laughs> once you are at a certain point of practice, it's mm -hmm. learning little new tricks or perspectives totally. or steps yeah. just is such a beautiful thing to be able to bring into your own practice. and there will be a lot of people mm -hmm. who will say that sounds lovely. That sounds amazing. And yeah. just no clue. Yeah. Or it won't work for me. Yeah. 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 And so it's one of the big things I discovered in sort of working through to find out how to create this process in an accessible way is, is seeing over and over how, um, how our beliefs shape the architecture. They're almost like the, skeleton of it like mm. they're like the blueprint of the whole thing yeah. and the belief itself is housed or is encased with or protected even by a part and so we don't even know it's there mm -hmm. we don't even know we have this belief running it's being protected from us mm -hmm. and so if we have something like that showing up as like that's not going to work for me or mm -hmm. i've tried everything and, it, and these things never work mm -hmm. and so those would be really great places to do the work with yeah because that's there's something in there mm -hmm. there's something um probably a belief so that's that's like a structural support beam <laughs> in the house right so the, that belief is part of the architecture it's part of the shape of the building through which we're experiencing the world and if we are able to access that belief and uncover it and change it the way we experience reality changes which also changes our choices in life so we actually get different outcomes mm -hmm. so if i have this one that's saying that'll never work for me if I were to do this process with it and, and kind of move toward it and find out, you know, what is it holding? So it's kind of, I see them often as they're encased, you know, like the fascial glue. Yes. <laughs> so we have to kind of melt it a little bit mm. to kind of see what's going on, like what, what it's protecting. And sometimes there'll be a trauma in there mm. or a negative experience that it doesn't want me to feel. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'll keep going, you know, keep going through. And, and there'll be a belief inside this this ball and be a belief in there that that says you know and and, and it'll, it'll often show me like here's why i have this belief you know because it's not safe for you to find that out so i'm just going to keep running this story that things don't work out for you because i'm protecting you so it, like has this positive intention in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when that's shifted 
when that's changed because that changes that whole wall of the building, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, you know, changes the way that it's shaped. And so then once that's changed, I can look out through that lens and suddenly make some different choices. Now I'm able to, just like a fascial restriction, right? Like now I'm able to move in more directions, Mm -hmm. but I still might need to do that neuromuscular retraining in order to actually access those new changes. So now I have to exercise it by actually making different choices in the world. Yeah. So now that that's freed up a little bit, I need to actually see where, okay, so how am I, how am I feeding into this feedback loop in the choices I'm making? So am I, you know, choosing the same type of therapy over and over and expecting it to work differently? And is there a way I could try something I've never tried before? And then maybe something will work differently. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, I'll just give an example. One of the ones that I covered was this belief that I'm not capable. And so just seeing in how that was creating dysfunction in my life and this kind of disorganization and then that would distress me and then it became this feedback loop that was just repeating over and over. Right. Tons of examples of, <laughs> look, I'm not capable. Yeah, and then reinforcing back. And I uncovered this part that was forced. So she was trapped in time. And she had this negative experience that really scared her. And so she was protecting me from that memory that experience and so as I worked with this part and and just really helped her to kind of unburden that part like what she was carrying that responsibility she was carrying to protect me and allowed her to be a little bit more freed up she was actually really lovely and playful and you know creative and wanted to color and (laughs) but it shifted so when the belief was reframed was reorganized and I saw through that as not a truth but a you know and just a belief that's not actually reality it's mm-hmm. just an idea that I put too much stock into yeah. unconsciously that then I could realize that actually that's not true I am capable and but it actually made my choices different you know, so I actually like hired a bookkeeper mm-hmm. and, and, you know, was able to get on top of organize my taxes a little bit more functionally. And mm-hmm. I was actually able to make all these different choices that produced a different outcome yeah. and I experienced my world differently. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it works. It's ultimately about getting into the beliefs mm-hmm. that we, that are, that are running <laughs> and creating the shape of our architecture we don't yeah. even know are there mm-hmm. but they're affecting the way we experience the world yeah well the the example you shared while you're walking as well of you know for for any for a muscle to get stronger yeah it can't be loaded all day every day yeah like it atrophies it's not it's overloaded yeah. so it's actually just it, it can't get stronger because it's almost more right. just protecting itself from more insult right yeah so it's if anything it's starting to atrophy yeah exactly and yeah. and so for someone who is really kind of locked into different patterns or reactions yeah it's putting a lot of load yes. onto the same even the same reactions over and over again. Over and and, and over I, over. I know I've myself, and I've seen this in other people, of getting really frustrated watching myself do the same thing over and over again and wondering yeah. what's what's going to give. When is like, it going to be different? Yeah. yeah. And sure, uh, it's, sure. it's such a compassionate perspective yeah. to, first of all, turn towards whatever you're noticing with this love and appreciation yeah. that our bodies are trying to protect us, even when it's 
doesn't seem that way. It's so much so. But it really softens things right off the bat when we do that. Yeah. And then to understand that anything that is loaded all day, every day is going to be weak. Absolutely. And so such a great. And so it makes sense why Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with changing the pattern because I'm so tangled Mm -hmm. and entrenched in this one reaction that it's, I'm exhausted. Yeah. There's no space. And now you're going to ask me to change it on top of that? I'm I'm just trying to survive, (laughs) right? It it can become really frustrating. And so using these perspectives to soften and and understand that we can cultivate safety and give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and, and really learning how, how to restore the body and relax so that yeah. we have energy available to start doing this neuromuscular retraining you bet. because it does take energy. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad you're taking us back to muscles because mm-hmm. it's like such a great, um, you know, it's, it's literally true, but it's also like metaphorically in our lives true mm-hmm. in how if I want to get this muscle to function and it's, it's already pulled tight with fashion, it's already not contracting properly if I keep just going to the gym and loading it in that exact same way Mm -hmm. over and over it's you know I actually have to take the load off Mm -hmm. right I have to stop loading it in that particular way that's insulting it over and over I have to give it a break from that Mm -hmm. I have to give it time to heal and so if you're feeling in your life like I am too overwhelmed to take up another self-help program, like it's a good indicator that there is a weight sitting on top of a part mm-hmm. that's too much. And is there a way we could actually not try to fix anything but unload that mm-hmm. system, like to actually give that system a full break mm-hmm. you know it's like okay yeah you're right <laughs> one more self-help program would be too much let's take a break from everything mm-hmm. and let's just stop and let's just rest yeah because then then that system that part can actually get get its rest that it's trying to get yeah yeah you know and even so even that example you just shared is i hear that from so many people of, mm-hmm. you know you could hear it in their voice and in their energy their busyness yeah. and their activation and their <laughs> talking about all the things they're taking on and and how you know now they want to start this program with you or you know and it's what I what I see and from my own experience as well is the immense fear Mm -hmm. of slowing down Mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah because there's and there might be opposing parts Mm -hmm. right so you might have one part that is running to try and get to that place it's trying to get to yeah but you might also have the part that is trying to stop Mm. you know it's trying to rest so it's helpful to see that sometimes there's two opposing parts playing out at the same time Mm. and they have different agendas Mm -hmm. and so that's where this question of what do you want and and the ultimate so even if they seem so polarized so opposing that one that wants to run it's like why do you want that like Mm. what is it about running that's really good Mm -hmm. and just stay with that one part you know for like 20 minutes like okay you want to run let's run Let's see what's good. Let's see what's good about that for you. Mm. What what do you get from that? Mm-hmm. And just like visualize it running, and it and it probably will take you to freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It wants to be free. It wants to be able to do what it wants to do. And then we go to the one that's that's like, can we just, for the love of God, stop? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and we ask it like, what do you want? What are you? You know, what's your purpose? And it might be deep rest because it wants to be full and loved. Mm. So it wants to experience that wholeness of 
the restfulness of that that depth right that richness and fullness and wholeness so then you see that those two that that those are those two tensegral pieces Mm -hmm. that if we can bring freedom and love or freedom and rest let's say together and balance them and organize them in such a way then you get to experience that pop yeah so you get to experience that fullness and then suddenly the run part isn't so frantic Mm -hmm. right and the stop part isn't so frantic yeah but they actually both have gotten what they wanted yeah so now they're coexisting in this Mm -hmm. architecture Mm. yeah that's so nice (laughs) wow that sounds so good you know and as you're talking it's calmed down now but we we had two different groups below yeah. us and above us talking which I thought was funny because you had shared that example of you know what it's like when what, two people are talking, yeah, talking and, like that might be what it's like for people listening right now <laughs> so great the, mm. and they might rela- be relating to that in their interior in their inner parts yeah uh, well I I want to hear a little bit about um what this time this well let me actually rephrase this because I think we're it would be nice to to wrap this up soon, mm-hmm. we have a walk home right. that we need to take. So what comes up for you when you think about or hold space for a message for the collective? Mm. What, the, what the collective needs to hear or what, what's moving through you in this moment that it just feels like a message for whoever's listening? Um. So immediately what comes is it's okay to trust your own experience. Hmm. Your, your, own, your own internal experience is leading you to an expression of wholeness that's unique to you. Hmm. And you can trust it. Even if it's your inner wounded four-year-old screaming at you, if you were to take time, if it's really uncomfortable, but if you were to take time to really listen to what that screaming one has to say, what you'll probably find is that its intention is something pure and good. Mm-hmm. And that um, it's working to serve the whole. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good message for me. Oh, good. <laughs> Maybe it was just for you. No, I think that's for a lot of people. We'll see see what they say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Is there is there anything uh, coming Mm. up in the next few months that you would want people to be aware of? I'll include your information in the show notes of your, you know, your website and your Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Anything exciting coming up? You'd want to let people know if they want to experience. Uh, You know, I am. I'm doing some Zoom workshops between now and January. So I have one in September that's for yoga teachers. So you have to. The prerequisite for that one is you have to already be a 200 hour yoga teacher Mm -hmm. for the September one. But it's all about tensegrity and And I just registered. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have a one that's coming up, which is trauma informed meditation. Mm. So we're going to work and it'll be again be on Zoom and we're going to work with some of these principles, but really specifically to how we can create meditation programs for ourselves in different times and different phases of our lives. Mm. So meditation is just not, as you know, as a long time meditator yourself, a one size fits all type of practice. And this program is going to be about using the different types of meditation for different life situations so figuring out what which style of meditation is going to suit me in this situation 
So that'll be a little bit of a shorter one. The September one's a 50 hour. This will be, this will be just more like a, you know, two, two part. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a weekend or mm-hmm. like two Sundays in a row or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yes. And then I have fashion form breaky. Yes. Yeah. Okay. When are you doing that? I haven't picked the dates for that okay. yet. I'll just send you my availability and you can work around me. <laughs> and then the other request I've had is this inner town segrity thing is actually creating that into a workshop. So, mm. and then I have the Friday meditations, which are twice a month. Yeah. yeah. And they're free. And amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I feel during this pandemic, having your meditations to look forward to changed everything for me. Oh, that's wonderful. And yeah, I just, I feel speaking of like popping, like that's, (laughs) that's how I felt. It just was such potent, powerful experiences each time that I would come in sometimes feeling the heaviness of the world, grief, sadness, confusion, anger. Mm. And after being in these meditations where I just would hold space for all of them and have conversations with them and so I would tired. walk away and just feel integrated, more and more integrated every single time. So I have oh, I have nothing sweet. but extremely positive things to say <laughs> about you. And yeah. yeah, thank you for the work that you do. Well, there is, so there's the online meditations worldwide Facebook group, yes, which is where a lot of the live recordings are still sitting there in that group. Mm. And for anybody listening, like if you find this intriguing, this idea of balancing these forces to create the dimensional pop and have that experience of fullness and wholeness, the, there, there's a few of the meditations that are specifically to walk you through that process Mm -hmm. so that you can experientially go through the pop experience that volume Mm -hmm. and one time we did it with love we experienced the volume of love in our internal environment yeah so there's quite a few of them so if you're interested just reach out to me i'll tag you in those specific ones so you can actually go through Mm. this process experientially if you're intrigued and curious so generous it's such a it's a rich library just sitting on facebook yeah yeah reach (laughs) out it's definitely worth checking out and Mm -hmm. uh, any questions anyone has reach out we're happy to answer 100 um yeah we'll just keep on living and growing see where this takes us yeah (laughs) yay amazing thank you so much thank you marin this is so fun yeah it's been a blast thank you everyone for listening until next time see you later thanks so much for listening you can find me on social media at dopamine that's d-o-p-e-a-m-e or on my website under that same title dopamine.com please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it and do not hesitate to reach out if you have questions or comments i would love to hear what you want to learn more about so until next time love big and play big peace